this is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Lamb Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Lamb Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 71. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you might be listening to the show. And also to remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which I'll talk more about at the end of the show. So for this week, May 7th, 2020, here are the latest news and rumors we have for Canon, Nikon, Fuji, and Sony. So let's get started. First up, the Canon EOS R5 has passed Bluetooth certification. It looks like one of the last hurdles to production has been passed as the Canon EOS R5 has received Bluetooth certification. Nakashita breaks down the certification and code names. Quote, Canon DS126831 slash 36, 37, 38, 39, and 40 also passed Bluetooth certification. Probably all EOS R5, 36 is the North American version, 1-11, uh, 36 to 64, 149 to 165 CH, 38 is Taiwan, and etc. Version uh, 1 to 11, 36 to 165 CH. 39 is the Chinese version, and there should be a Japanese version, and uh, with uh, 1 to 13, comma 36 to 140 CH, and a 1 to 13, 36 to 165 CH compatible version. Things are obviously all over the place at the moment, but the last thing that I've been told is the EOS R5 will still begin shipping in July. We don't have any concrete details on how many units will be available at that time, so we'll have to wait and see. Adorama is looking for Canon EOS 5D Mark IV and Canon EOS R camera bodies, and they'll pay $1,200 and 1000 respectively for them, condition dependent. And it's a super simple process to get a quote. You can check out the quote option at Adorama.com, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Now, on a personal note, I have done quite a bit of business with Adorama in the past several months, trading in gear to upgrade and get more lenses for the GFX 50R and my EOS R and RP. Um, I just shipped them a couple more of my lenses a couple weeks ago, and I sent them my drone because I haven't been using it, and a few more lenses earlier this week. So once I get all of the trade-in values, I will use that uh, credit that's been applied to my account at Adorama to buy the new stuff that I want to get. All right, next up, Canon EOS M6 Mark II shutter shock performance. Now this is updated from May 6, 2020 at 7.25 a.m. on CanonRumors.com. Canon News has completed a full analysis of the Canon EOS M6 Mark II and the effect shutter shock has on images. Unfortunately, it looks like this is one area in which the EOS M6 Mark II is a bit weak. 
The Canon EOS M6 Mark II lacks an electronic first curtain shutter, which is a strange omission and does have a negative impact on image sharpness. Now, this quote is from Canon News, quote, The M6 Mark II is a hopped-up little camera that is fun to use, and it is an amazing performer. But the deliberate lack of EFCS on this camera reduces its ability, in some cases, to deliver the highest IQ possible, or image quality. Now, to be fair, the M6 Mark II, as well as the 90D, are the two most exacting and demanding cameras on the market today, as both have a 32.5 megapixel APS-C sensor when the rest of the industry mostly has 24 megapixels. However, this makes it more puzzling as to uh, with it being more prone to show the effects of shutter shock than any other camera as well. Now, you can read the full analysis from camera uh, Canon News on their website, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode. While we all love graphs and numbers when analyzing cameras and lenses, this issue probably won't be noticed by a vast majority of shooters. So if you did buy the EOS M6 or the 90D, I'm not saying that it was a bad decision because as they mentioned in this article, the majority of people probably won't even run into this issue, but I thought it was a good item to pass along anyways. Next up, Canon announces a $100 firmware update for stop-motion photography. Now, this is coming from Canon USA. Supercharge your stop-motion animation. Whether pre-installed on a new EOSR or manually installed on an existing EOSR, the new stop-motion animation upgrade for EOSR cameras increases your live view resolution to 1920 by 1280 from Canon's normal 960 by 640 when connected to DragonFrame stop-motion animation software. This makes it easier for animators to confirm focus and movement within every frame. Live view is critical to animators creating stop-motion animation films. Animators use the remote live view of the camera to review critical details and make decisions within the Dragon Frame software. Canon's stop-motion animation firmware increases the live view to 1920 by 1280, helping animators see subtle movements for refined animation. Canon has added manual focus peaking over USB to interface with the Dragon Frame software as well. HDMI output, important information about the EOS R stop motion animation firmware. HDMI output is not available on the EOS R with this firmware installed uh, and uh, pro cannot be set. Uh, focus peaking will not show up even if MF peaking settings is set to on under the following conditions. When an EFS lens is used, when multiple exposure is set, when cropping aspect ratio is set to the option, any option other than full, when the shooting screen is magnified, or when you keep holding down the shutter button after shooting. So this is interesting that Canon has come out with a firmware update for the EOS R for those that do stop motion animation films. The only bad part is you do have to send, if you've already bought your EOS R and you want to use it for this kind of work, you have to send it off to one of the Canon service centers. And at the moment, I think the one in Virginia is the only one that's still open in Norfolk um, and pay a $100 fee to have the upgrade installed by Canon. You cannot do it at home like you can a standard firmware update. Next up, Canon EOS R6 announcement has been moved to July. 
Canon Rumors has been told that the official announcement for the Canon EOS R6 will not happen until July now. This is coming from two sources and contradicts our own report from two weeks ago that said the cameras were still scheduled for our announcement in May. Canon Rumors has also been told not to expect the EOS R6 to begin shipping until late Q3 in 2020, which sounds like August or September. He hasn't been told if he'll get a or if there'll be a similar development announcement for the EOS R6 that we have had for the R5, but he can't see that happening. The Canon EOS R6 specifications: 20 megapixel full-frame CMOS sensor, in-body image stabilization or IBIS, 12 frames per second mechanical, 20 frames per second electronic, 4K video at 60p, full HD video at 120p. Dual card slots, no top-down screen, just like the EOS RP, lower resolution EVF than the EOS R5, build quality not quite as good as the R5, new battery, but not sure if it's the same one as the EOS R5, and it's looking like it's going to be a July 2020 launch. Now, I'm thinking probably it's not going to take the same battery as the R5, and the only reason why I say that is because that's what Canon has already done with their two uh, first two mirrorless full-frame bodies. The EOS R takes the same LP-E6N uh, as the 6D Mark I, 6D Mark II, uh, 5D Mark II, Mark III, and Mark IV, as well as the 7D Mark II. Um, but the EOS RP takes a totally different battery, a much smaller and thinner battery, so I would wager that that's probably going to be the case with the EOS R6 as well. It is not going to take the same battery as the R5. Next up, two more EOS R bodies are coming in 2021. This is from Canon Rumors again. This was updated on May 4th, 2020 at 8.08 a.m. Canon Rumors has been told that Canon's roadmap shows two more bodies in the USR form factor to be announced and released in 2021. Both of the cameras were given internal names with no mention of specifications or where the cameras would sit in the current lineup. If you look at it logically, there are probably three possibilities for the, uh, for the next two or three cameras since there won't be a direct EOSR replacement. EOS R6 will likely take its place. We can rule out that as a possibility. The EOS RP could get a replacement, a new low-cost EOS R body, perhaps named the EOS R9. We all expect a Canon EOS R1 to be coming down the pipeline, but with how the EOS R5 is looking, I could see such a body being pushed further into the future. A high-megapixel version of the EOS R5, perhaps an EOS R5S, or EOS R3 seems extremely likely. A studio and landscape version of the EOS R5 seems like a no-brainer for stills photographers. Now, I have to agree with this story, and as if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you know that I've been saying since this show started over a year ago that Canon would definitely be releasing a high-megapixel EOS R body. Like I've said in previous episodes, they discontinued the 5DS and SR with no Revision 2 or Mark 2 or anything like that, and they've already said they're not going to do any more revisions of those two bodies, so it's only logical that they're going to replace the 5DS and SR with a really high megapixel EOS R derivative. 
And as I've said in those previous episodes, my prediction is it's going to be probably 75 or 80 megapixels. I don't think it's going to go as high as 100. It's a possibility because Canon does already have a 100 megapixel sensor that they've been working on for a little while now. So, And they haven't used it in a camera thus far. So we will just have to wait and see how that's going to flesh out. Next up, some pro-grade Cobalt CF Express memory cards may not work with Nikon C cameras. Now, this is coming from Nikon Rumors. Uh, Nikon Rumors has been told that Nikon has discovered an issue where using some pro-grade Cobalt CF Express memory cards available at Adorama and B&H could display a card error and the card will be unusable. If there's anyone that has experienced a similar issue, you can reach out to the folks at Nikon Rumors and let them know. If you run into anything similar, he is guessing that Nikon will be releasing a firmware update at some point in the near future to fix this issue. Next up, this article from Nikon Rumors is called Deal of the Day, Refurbished Nikon FTZ Mount Adapter at Almost Half the Price, with a price of $126.95. Now, they did post this article on May 5th and said it was the deal of the day, but I did just both check, uh, check both links, uh, and both Adorama and eBay are still selling these for $126.95 each, which is 49% off the regular price. Uh, the current regular price at Amazon and B&H is $246.95. You can also find more refurbished Nikon gear at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, eBay, and BuyDig. Another good refurbished deal, Nikon Coolpix P900, now $399, which is $150 off. Next up, really right stuff. New really right stuff base and L-plates for the Nikon D780. The Nikon D780 base and L-plates quickly mount your Nikon D780 or RRS clamps and most archetype compatible tripod heads with the really right stuff base plate. The plate features anti-twist flanges to help prevent unwanted camera twisting. Uh, price range between $70 and $140. Really right stuff released their new base and L-plates for the D780 DSLR camera. Pre-orders are now open at Adorama. Uh, which does now have it in stock and be an H photo. Uh, the features uh, of this new mount are CNC machined 6061-T6 aluminum, anodized type 2 black, anti-twist flange provides extra secure fit, safety stop screw, laser engraved center marks, magnetic 532nd hex key storage, integrated QD socket, sliding base plate for better camera side port access, integrated strap boss, and one one quarter twenty threaded accessory mounting socket. The specifications are length 4.3 inches or 108 millimeters, width 1.5 inches or 38 millimeters, height 3.1 inches or 79 millimeters, weight 3.5 ounces or 99 grams. Slot length, max screw-to-screw -screw distance is 0.7 inches or 17 millimeters. Length, 3.9 inches, 98 millimeters, width 1.5 inches or 38 millimeters. Height, 0.5 inches or 12 millimeters. Weight, 2.1 ounces or 60 grams. Additional information from the product listing, quote, 
This really right stuff camera body L set is custom designed for the Nikon D780 and precision machine from solid blocks of 6061 T6 aluminum. Fully compatible with any 1.5 inch standard dovetail RRS, really right stuff standard. Quick release system, this plate features a precisely contoured anti-twist flange for a perfect fit that prevents twisting between the camera and the base plate. The LCD screen articulation is not affected and camera side accessory ports are fully accessible with the addition to the L-Set able to slide for increased cable clearance and tethering capabilities. Magnetic hex key storage allows for easy adjustment of L-section position and an integrated QD socket allows for use of our quick detach straps. Really right stuff, camera L-brackets feature two dovetail mounting surfaces in the shape of an L, one on the bottom of your camera and one on the left-hand side. This additional mounting option allows you to quickly change between landscape and portrait orientations while minimizing the need to recompose your shot, saving you time and hassle. Also, an L-plate keeps your gear centered directly above the tripod's apex, which helps maintain the best stability possible. All of our quick-release plates utilize a custom-machined 1 quarter uh, inch 20 threaded uh, captive-style mounting screw that threads into the tripod mounting socket of your camera body. As part of a modular system, this Nikon D780 base plate still functions as a traditional camera mounting plate, but also has the added flexibility of accepting a separate dedicated vertical L component to create a fully modular L-plate with two dovetail mounting surfaces. You can purchase the dedicated, dedicated vertical L-component as a separate add-on or as a set package with the base plate. Other L-plate options for the Nikon D780 can be found at Amazon, and I'll include a link to this article and the link on Amazon in the show notes for this episode. Next up, from Fuji Rumors, vote now the Tamron lens you want for Fujifilm X-Mount. Now that Fujifilm officially opened their X-Mount, we recently launched this mega survey on which Sigma lenses or Tamron lenses you would like to see uh, for Fujifilm X-Mount. If you want to see which are the top Sigma lenses, lens wishes for the Fujifilm X-Mount community, you can check out the post, and I'll include a link to that in the article, uh, this article in the show notes for this episode. Now it's time to see which one of all the lenses listed on the Tamron website you would also like to see in Fujifilm X-Mount. For the full list of lenses, you can click to check their prices and specs down below the survey. And again, I'll include this in the show notes for this episode. Next up, under Sony news for this week, uh, new Tamron 70 to 180 millimeter FE, FE review by Matt Granger and Precision Camera, and yes, everyone seems to love this lens. Now, this is the Tamron 70 to 180 millimeter f 2.8 Di3 VXD lens for Sony E-mount. You can pick up one of these lenses for yourself for $1,199 at Adorama B&H. Amazon and Focus Camera in the US and in the EU at Photocotch DE, Calumet DE, Wex UK, and Park Cameras. And I'll include a news to uh, a link to this article in the show notes for this episode so you can check out the reviews from both Precision Camera and Matt Granger. And both sources really, really love 
this fantastic new Tamron lens for the Sony E-mount. Next up this week, new stock of Sony open box gear, $400 off on the 135mm GM and $350 off on the 16-35 GM. Now these prices are good on eBay. There's a new stock of these open box gear with warranty on sale on Buy Digs uh, page on eBay as well as one call on eBay. A short selection, save $350 on the 16-35mm f2.8 GM lens. Save $400 on the 135mm f1.8 GM lens. You can save $80 on the 85mm f1.8 FE lens. Save $400 on the Zeiss 35mm f1.4 lens. $230 off on the 70-300 FE lens. $300 off on the 24-105 FE lens. $400 off on the 100-400 GM lens and 150 off on the 35 f1.8 fe lens and this is still running so if you can uh, live with a one-year seller warranty you save 630 on the sony a7r4 by this highly reliable canadian ebay seller and i'll include a link to this article with all those links in the show notes for this episode in case you want to snag one of these deals for yourself Next up, a rumor from May 5th, uh, 5th of 2020 from Sony Alpha Rumors. Sony will launch a new full-frame gear camera plus lens in late June of 2020. At last in June, we will finally get at least one new FE camera and at least one new FE lens. Uh, Sony Rumors has been told there is a major E-mount event with some surprises, which means stuff that wasn't rumored. What to expect? He has heard previously that the A7S II successor might be announced on a late June event, so this may be the camera we will get, and he is 90% certain there will be a 12-24mm to 24 millimeter f2.8 GM lens coming this summer, so maybe that is the lens that will be announced in June as well. Now, surprise, I have been told that there is something more than this, so stay tuned. A timeline recap, in late May, Sony will announce a new compact camera, and late June, Sony will announce a new full-frame E-mount gear. For potential sources, if you know something and want to share it anonymously, please use your anonymous contact form, uh, the anonymous contact form on the right side of the sidebar. Please use a nickname so that I can recognize you in future messages. You can also contact me directly at sonyalpharumors at gmail.com. Use remailer.paranosi.org to send me an anonymous message if you prefer to do so. And I'll include a link to this article from Sony Alpha Rumors in the show notes for this episode. So that is going to wrap up all the news and rumors for this week in episode 71 of the Liam Photography Podcast. Now, I did want to also let my listeners know that I reached out this week to see if Ellie Cat would like to make her third appearance on the show, and she is totally up for it. I'm just waiting to hear back from her on whether she wants to do it next week or sometime after that. And I'm also trying to see if maybe this time I can get both her and her partner in crime, Dan, on the show together, especially since they launched a uh, joint YouTube channel that's separate from Ellie's uh, modeling YouTube channel. And they've had some really cool videos on there. It looks like they're having a lot of fun doing exploring in different places in Arizona and vacations they've been on and stuff like that. 
And of course, right now, everything is restricted with the whole pandemic going on. So uh, she said absolutely she would come back on the show because it would be nice to talk to somebody besides her cat. Uh, so that'll be great. So hopefully we will have the lovely and talented Miss Ellie Cat back on the show for her third appearance. Hopefully next week, I will let you know as I find out in the Facebook group. And speaking of the Facebook group, Feel free to check that group out, the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, but you can request to join. You only have to answer one question, and that is the name of the host of the show, which is myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up, and you can give the name of any of the guests I've had on the show in the last year or so, which would include Ruben Naha, Jill Mott, Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography and Photo Taco Podcast, John Harvell. Ellie Cat, of course, and uh, so any of those answers will get you in as well. Once you're in the group, you are welcome to post your own original photographs. Please do not share other people's work in the group, even if you have permission. That will get you banned from the group. I only want to see uh, the members post their own original work, and if you would like a creative critique or a, or a, a, a complimentary critique of your Photos, you can just put CC please in the post with your images and myself or one of the other professional photographers that are already in the group will be happy to help you out. You can also call or text the Liam Photography Podcast at 470-294-8191. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future shows, something you'd like to hear covered, somebody you'd like me to see if I can get for an interview, you can do it via call or text to the show. Or you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. I want to thank all of my listeners again, and I will see you again in another seven days for episode 72.